Good day and thank you for listening to In Your Business with Victor Young, the Daily Life Coach. Today's episode is brought to you by Digital Caviar, Florida's premier production company. Digital Caviar produces everything from web series and business commercials up to feature-length theatrical films. Follow Digital Caviar on Facebook and Instagram. Well, you know what's next, people. It's time to get this party started. Today's episode is called, Are We There Yet? Yes, indeed, are we there yet? We're going to learn how to find an investor for your business idea or project now. This is for grown people. So if you're easily offended, turn off this podcast now. We're only going to give you like three seconds. Three, two... All right, you had your chance. Here we go. We're going to talk about that thing. We're going to talk about money again. Money is one of the number one reasons why relationships end. And that's personal relationships or professional relationships. It's all about the money. A lot of people get frustrated because they don't want to make the person to their left or to their right richer, wealthier than they are. It's okay while we're all making the same amount of money, but now all of a sudden, When someone starts to make a little bit more money than you, it just pisses you off, doesn't it? Just makes you feel green with envy, like a gecko. I don't know why. Just does that. Just the thought of somebody coming in on your idea, your hard work, your sweat, and making a little bit extra jack, making a few extra ends more than you, just makes you, hmm. Makes you want to slap somebody, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We're going to talk about that today. Why is that part of our nature? And when do we know we're beyond that? What are the indicators? When do we know we're there? When is the right time to find an investor for your business? I've got several, several entrepreneurs in the UK. How's my friend in the UK? Hi, UK. How are you guys doing? And they, and they ask me all the time, how can we find investors in the United States? We've got great business ideas. How do we find an investor? Well, we're not going to talk about transatlantic investing because that's even that's pretty complicated. That's a whole other podcast. But thanks for the question, my friends in UK. And a special hello to my friend, UK Jack. Thanks for following me on Instagram. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Tell your friends I said hi, Jack. No pun intended. Anyway, we're going to move forward. And also, uh, hey, Jack, tell them to listen to my podcast while you're at it. Share it with some friends. I know you've got tons of friends in the UK. I love the UK. Are we there yet? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the concept of being there right now, what that actually means. Because, you know, I like to start out with defining where I'm going with these things. Every single entrepreneur that I've ever met, they, they share a few common characteristics One is excitement and their enthusiasm. We're all excited about our concept, our service, our special sauce, our unique way of accomplishing things. Ours is different. No one's done it like us. Our spin, our point of view, our colors, something that we do is always unique to us entrepreneurs. It's just how we're we're bred. And that's cool. I like that. 
But sometimes that excitement and that enthusiasm can work against us when we're talking to an investor. And an investor, a savvy investor, can spot a green entrepreneur a mile away. Because it normally goes like this. I've got the best mousetrap. I've got the best milkshake. It brings them to the yard. I mean, it's just no one does it like me. Mine is special. It's got less sugar. It's twice as sweet. Whatever it is. We, we have all these reasons. And we really try to get them to experience the same amount of enthusiasm and excitement that we have for our product, our invention, our service, our technology. Whatever it is we, we are creating. We try to get people excited like us. And, and a savvy investor is going to resist that. It's like going on a first date with someone and allowing them to talk you into a wedding proposal. For all you people out there who've got it going on and who get you know proposals for marriage every week and after every date, you know I'm, I'm not knocking you. You got game, you got skills. Hey, do your thing. But it's not a wise thing to do. Even if you're using an incredible dating app. I haven't seen an algorithm yet who can just say you're a perfect match. And neither have most investors. So there's a few things that an, a savvy investor is going to look for. And they're going to look through. And one of the things they're going to be trained to look through is that excitement and that enthusiasm. You need to have it. It's, it's a necessary ingredient. You've got to have it. But they're going to try to look through it. And here's why. When you get too excited about something and you do not vet it, you do not quantify it, you don't research it, and you just jump in it head first, you know you're going to lose. You don't know who your competition is. You don't know how much money you're going to need for the project. And there's so many things you just don't know. So, you're, so a savvy investor, any savvy investor, is going to train themselves to listen to the excitement and then they're going to cut right through it. Here's what's next. They want to see your structure. If you haven't really put together some type of business structure and you just have a, an idea on a napkin or a 30,000-foot level concept of a technology, but you don't even know what coding language you're going to use to create it or how many servers you're going to need to, to host it and run it, how much data you're going to need in that data farm and what's the cost of that data to maintain it. You don't know what your operating costs are. You just go, I've got this app. And here's what's going to do, and here's who's going to buy it. Most savvy investors also know that there's a lot of billion-dollar companies that create products, and they assume <laughs> they assume they know who's going to buy it. But oftentimes, it's someone completely different. Completely different. They know that business, the way business works, and the way that launching products works, we have an idea of who we'd like to sell it to. We create a visual and a targeted audience of who we think can benefit from our product or service. But the people who need it the most aren't always the people who buy it. It's like cleaning products. You would assume that people with really filthy, dirty houses would buy cleaning products. Not so much. They're good. It's normally the people who have spotless homes because they want to keep them that way who become our biggest clients. Makes sense, right? But you would think the person with the filthy home, just disgusting. You would think they would be the first person to say, yeah, I want to buy some of that Lysol or that 409 or whatever that cleaning product is. Really dirty. Just get to the Clorox, the Ajax, get the hard stuff. So an investor, a savvy investor is going to, they're going to want to see some business structure. What do I mean by business structure? 
Is it an LLC? Is it a corporation? Is it an S corp? Subchapter S? Is it a C corporation? Is it a LLP? What is it? Why is the structure of the business important? Because an investor wants to know how they're going to get in, how they're going to protect their position, and most importantly, how in the heck can they get out if things go south? If they wake up one day and just realize you are not the person I want to be in a partnership with and they want to get out, you need to have that plan in place up front before $1 changes hands. These are the things that you need to get that investor excited beyond that initial phase of enthusiasm and emotion. That business structure is what takes you to the next part of the conversation, which takes you deeper into that conversation. When you're able to say, this is our operating agreement. Here's how many shares I'm selling. This is what you have access to. These are your benefits. Do they get a board seat or no board seat? If not, if there's no board seat, then what do they have to increase their stake in the company by to get a board seat? Maybe they want some type of voting control. Not everybody is going to give you a million dollar check with no voting control and no say so and no voice. Matter of fact, I don't know anybody who's going to do it. I wouldn't do it. So structure is very important. Next up, how are you going to get an investor paid? A savvy investor that can actually write you a check and not worry about it. Worst case scenario, they're going to want to figure out how can they at least get made back whole again. Meaning, how can they at least get their investment back out of you? You're going to have to figure out a way to give the investor options. Option A Your investment can be a loan and I can pay you back monthly with interest and I can pay you off over the next 24 months. So you're out in 24 months with 20% interest back. So now that's enticing for an investor who just has money sitting in the bank making 1% in a CD. That person has an opportunity to increase their return on their money at 20% versus 1%. Okay, now you've got my attention. You tell me you're going to pay me back 5% and I'll never see it back. You can't tell me when I'm ever going to see my money. I'm out. I'll go buy a Harley or go on a cruise around the world or do something else. Buy some Amazon stock, maybe some human technology stock. I don't know. I'll do something else. But I won't give it to you with no control, no timeline expectation or plan to give me any of my money back. Never happen. So how do you do this? You ask, how do you actually figure out how you can, you can pay an investor back? 99% of the people who have ever approached me because they think I've just got money rolling out of my pockets and my ears because everyone always assumes if you work hard, you have it. Stop making those assumptions, people. Everyone's not rich. Just because I look rich and debonair, strikingly handsome, doesn't mean I've got endless cash. I just look that way. It's to curse. I'm going to have to carry to bear that cross sad it's sad it's true but sad anyway let's get off my strikingly good looks here for a second you're going to have to be able to give the investor options of how they can get paid back we talked about an option here and a loan at an interest rate don't tell someone five percent there's not enough reward for the risk to invest in a brand new enterprise idea ceo founder, whatever you are, it better be north of 15% to even get someone's attention. B, you need a timeline, something realistic that's tied to sales and something that is measurable and obtainable. So if you're not going to 
use the loan option, then you can own X amount of shares in the company. That's hard to do sometimes unless you find someone who understands your industry. The hardest thing in the world to do is to find a guy who's in the insurance business and you're trying to get him to invest $10 million in your film project about horses because you love horses and you love making movies. And he knows life insurance. Chances of you getting that guy to stroke you a check for $10 million to make you a horse movie? Slim and none. Slim and none. And Slim already left the building, so all you got left is none. You need to find someone in the in your industry if you're looking for someone to partner with you or someone who understands your industry if you're looking for someone to partner with you. The last thing in the world you want to do is find someone who doesn't understand what you do, bring them into your enterprise, and then when it struggles, they can't help you, and they're probably going to panic because they won't know enough about what you do to even understand if you're making the right moves or not. And they're just going to want their money back. And you probably won't be able to give them their money back because that's the secret to working capital. It means it's working in the business. That means you can't just give it back away. It's working. It's paying bills. It's paying employees. It's paying for products with vendors and supplies and equipment. All right. So we've talked about the option of a loan. We've talked about the option of someone investing and owning a part of your company. Well, that's not exciting. I just, I'm just going to give you a million dollars. I'm going to stick it in your company like a vault and I'll never see it back and there's no timeline on my return. How is that a good investment? How about I just stick it in my bank or in my closet and I know where it's at at least. So now you got to go back to, will my business create cash flow? Will it generate revenues? Can I sell enough of it that I can pay my bills and distribute profits back to the owners or investors? And I'll give you an example of what that means. I've got a guy, and he wants to borrow $2,000 to open a Sabret's hot dog stand. He just wants a hot dog cart. That's it. Hot dog cart's uh, 1900 bucks on wheels, and he, he needs another 100 bucks for uh, hot dogs and buns. And I go, okay, if I loan you the $2,000 for your cart and your hot dogs and your buns, when do I get my $2,000 back? And he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. I can sell these hot dogs for $3 a piece. I can make roughly $500 a day with my hot dog cart. And I can work five days a week. I'm going to be splitting the profits with you. I say, okay, so what does that look like? 500 bucks a day, five days a week, 2,500 bucks a week. He's going to give me $1,250 a week to be his partner in his Sabret's cart. That's a great deal. So I can give you two grand. I can make back 1250 a week. In two weeks, I've made my money back on that investment. And week three and beyond, I'm making money. Then he comes back to me and says, hey, there's another cart. and We can do another cart and I can put another operator in place. And But he's going to have to own part of that pie. But you can make 25% of that $2,500 a week. And we can do another location. And I go, let me think about it. I can give you another two grand. You got a buddy and brother-in-law, cousin, who's going to open another cart. Make about the same money, and I'll get 25% off of that cart. Do I do the deal or not? Think about it for a minute. I want you to say it right now out loud with the person you're in the car with so they can actually hear if you can count or not. If you're an idiot. No, just kidding. Say it really loud next to the person you're in the car with. Yes or no? Say it. Stop. Don't. Stop contemplating. Do you give the second guy the two grand or not for 25% of the business? Yes, you do. Why? 
couple things I like about this deal. A, I'm getting my money back immediately. Immediately, a guy's going to be bringing me money back every single week saying, on the first card, here's twelve fifty a week, and I'm making money. So if this guy works 50 weeks out of the year, where's my handy iPhone here? Handy iPhone. If he works 50, let's give the guy some time off. Jeez, I'm being a tyrant. If he works 48 out of the 52 weeks times twelve fifty a week, that's $60,000 a year he's making me on a $2,000 investment. It's unheard of. I'm going to buy this guy birthday presents. I'm going to make sure he's healthy, make sure he's got life insurance. And then he brings his brother-in-law, buy another cart. He makes 25%. I make 25%. His brother-in-law makes the other 50%. He's making that same $2,500 a week. $2,500. Jeez. How much is that? $625 a week. And roughly three weeks, the cart's paid for itself. And I'm making another six twenty-five. So I've got $2,625. Uh, I'm sorry. So I've got six twenty-five plus twelve fifty. I've got $1,875 a week coming in. So I got $1,875 times another 48 weeks. That's 90 grand off of a $4,000 investment. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, I'll make sure the tags are paid on those carts. I'll make sure the little occupational license paid. So, so what it costs me another grand. I'll make sure that cart's running good. Those Sabrett's hot dogs are smelling good. There's fresh cut onions. Hey, you need anything, buddy? I got you. You guys are bringing me a 90 grand. You guys are making a boatload of cash yourselves. We're all happy. I'm going to say to that guy, why don't you find us five more people? We can buy five more carts. I'll pay for them all and keep giving my 25% cut on these things. You get your 25. This guy's making tons of money. I'm making money. Everyone's making money on a hot dog cart. Or you can have a guy come to you and say, give me uh, $100,000 and uh, I want to make an app. It's going to be a really famous app. $100,000 you give me and we're going to make millions. How are we going to make the millions? We're going to have all these people download the app. How much is the app? It's free. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm going to give you $100,000 to develop a free app, and you don't know when you'll be able to give me a dollar of my investment back. Yes, but it's going to be huge. You want to be a part of it. I'm out. So you probably think I'm a moron right now because I said I would invest in two hot dog carts, but not an app who could that could be the greatest technology on the planet. What I know is people are going to eat hot dogs. If you set that cart up in the right location, they're going to buy them. People are going to eat. But you're going to compete with another 2, 3 million apps on the App Store. And it's not even developed yet. You're going to need to bring me a lot more hard evidence for me to give you $100,000 to develop in an app. We've got no study on it. We've got, we've got no members, no subscribers, no paid subscribers or users. We just have a concept. That sounds really cool, and it's in the tech space. And and we know about Amazon and Google. It could be the next Amazon or the next Google. could be. And then it might just be another one of those several million apps that linger in the app store that make no money because it takes so much money to launch a new app and get people to download it and use that valuable, valuable space on their cell phone. Nobody wants two, 300 apps on their phone anymore. People are deleting apps by the day, using less apps, and they're using their favorite apps. But they still eat hot dogs. I'm not anti-technology. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that investors love businesses that immediately they can start seeing their cash come back to them and see an investment turn into a return. That's what I'm saying. So for those of you in the car who answered that question and said no, 
Whoever's sitting in the car with you right now, they're probably thinking, you're a moron. <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay. I don't judge. I, w- I just want participation with the questions. That's the most important thing for me. So what if you sound like a jack wagon to the other person in the car with you? And they're probably laughing at you right now. It's okay. You got to learn to laugh at yourself anyway. And that'll do it for you. I laugh at myself all the time. If you have something that's super expensive, it needs development time, an investor's probably not going to see his money back for years and years to come, if ever. You need to find an investor who's used to investing in extremely high-risk enterprises or technologies that understand it enough that he's willing to take that risk. If you take that idea to a bank or to anyone else, they'll never sign off on it. They just won't have enough information in that industry or enough skill set or experience to say yes. They just can't. And you can't get mad at them for not knowing. So you got to prospect those industries that you want to be in. You've got to find people way before you start asking for money. If the first time someone gets to know who you are is the day you're asking them for money, expect to know. I've got some very, very nice people in other countries that send me little letters all the time saying, please send me $10,000. I am a billionaire and my money is frozen in an American bank and I need a plane ticket to fly there so I can walk into the teller and get my $10 million or my billion dollars out. And if you send me 10000 I will give you back $10 million, kind sir, because I am just a rich foreigner looking for a nice American. <laughs> You're right. It's tempting. I just want, you know, I really want to see maybe this one's real. It's so tempting. But I, I just refrain. And so will your investor. They've got to know who you are. You've got to at least establish some type of presence in your industry. Or they've, or you've got to be highly referred by someone who's just sings your praises. But to just talk to a banker or an investor who knows nothing about you, nothing about your industry, and you have no game plan to show them a return on investment, a savvy investor is going to run from you. They're going to run and cry and scream. They're going to, they're going to call stranger danger. They're going to write, run right into the arms. They're going to run right into the arms of the local law enforcement officer pointing at you, screaming, this person's trying to rob me. You may do some hard time, but it would be a valuable lesson for you to learn. And hey, you got to respect the people that are even willing to sit down and have a conversation with you about investing in you. Whether they say yes or no that day, don't get all freaked out and get a bad attitude if they can't give you a yes right now. Even if they give you a no, no just means you haven't given me enough information to say yes. So either you spend more time trying to get them to that yes, or you go to the next person who understands what you're selling, building, creating, designing better than they do. And you start closer to that yes from day one. I'm going to leave you guys with this because I know there's a lot of frustrated people out there. I get all the time. A question I get all the time is, I called my local bank or I call my credit union. I, I've been doing business with them for years. I asked them for a business loan to help start my business or grow my business. And they said, no, get used to it. Banks really aren't in business to loan small business owners or entrepreneurs money. 
most bankers want major accounts with major deposits and merchant services with credit cards where they make, you know, back end money on the credit cards and they, they want big transaction business. Most banks don't want to loan entrepreneurs money unless you've got some assets attached. Unless you're willing to throw the deed to your house or the title to your car or some type of banking or treasury asset behind your loan, chances of you walking into the average bank in this country and getting a loan to go and grow your business is damn near impossible. Sorry, all my banker friends out there who are listening right now, but you know it's true. No matter how much money you have, unless you've got something backing that asset, you will never get a loan that way. SBA, credit union, it doesn't matter. So one day you're going to have to deal with an investor, a partner, someone, VC, someone who's going to have to invest or inject some capital into your business for you to get to that next level of growth, technology development, equipment, whatever it is that you need. If not, you'll, you'll just grow at such a snail's pace that you'll never get the end result and that big push you'd like to have in your company. So you really need to start thinking about that now. If you feel you're going to need an investor next year, you need to start talking about a possible relationship this year. It might take a year to get somebody comfortable with your idea. They might need to see six, eight months or a year of you operating and controlling that organization before they feel comfortable enough with you as a leader to invest in you. So for all you people who wake up with a great idea, who are passionate and you just want to run over and shake the money tree and hope they fall over for you because it's such a cool concept, stop kidding yourselves. It's just not realistic. It's just not human. We're skeptical people by nature. Why would we give someone a ton of money that we may or may not be able to afford to support someone else's passion unless there's an asset attached or that puppy's going to start spinning off cash immediately? And maybe it's not immediately, but within the first 24 months, if it's not making enough money that the investor can at least get their money back or be on track to get it back, they're going to think twice, three times, four times. Well, that's all we have for today's episode. Are we there yet? I hope this message helped you get one step closer to finding an investor who's willing to stand behind you, your business idea, or your project. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. And make sure you check us out on Apple iTunes or at thedailylifecoach.com and check out all of our previous podcast episodes also, this fall, you can expect to see the In Your Business web series. Some quick three to five minute in and outs and some very specific subject matter. Send your questions to thedailylifecoach.com. Go to our contact page and tell us what you'd like to hear about. Or follow us on at thevictoryoung on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter and send us your requests there. And most importantly, live fearless, my friends. 